Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Personal Best Podcast with me, Ruby Lola. My guest today is Ibrahim Sami. He is a physician and surgeon, a weightlifting and calisthenics athlete, and also psychosexual therapist. In this conversation, we discuss why people go to sex therapy, the issues around porn and how it impacts relationships, what men and women misunderstand about each other, how emotional trauma can impact your sex life, how to have better sex, and we also discuss Ibrahim's career as a doctor and his fitness advice for people living busy lives. There is so much packed into quite a short conversation today, and it was definitely a little bit out of my comfort zone, but I really enjoyed speaking with Ibrahim, and there's a lot of interesting information and good advice as well. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation and let's get on with the episode. Ibrahim, welcome to the Personal Best Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Ruby. How are you doing? I'm all good. I'm all good. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So you are, in your own words, a physician slash surgeon a calisthenics and weightlifting athlete and a psychosexual therapist. Yes. How do those three things fit together? Um, that's a good question. Um, so basically it fits together because I started out as a, a fitness enthusiast when I was like 14. And then fitness just was a part of my life since then. And then when I took my career in medicine, obviously studying medicine for seven years, um, it can get a bit draining, so I always have to have something else to do. Like an outlet or something. Exactly, something to take away um, the stress from the studying or the lack of like going out when you're in university. <laughs> so for me, it was fitness. That's where I found my true happiness, basically. Mm-hmm. And... Then after I finished medicine, I wanted to do something different as well. So I'm a urologist. 
my speciality, which is basically treating uh, male infertility, sexual dysfunctions, um, and any issues with the kidneys. Yeah. So, so you studied that in medicine, or was this something yeah, separate? This, oh yeah, this was after medicine. I finished uh, seven years, and then we did uh, ah, okay. yeah a training program for three years. And when I started uh, getting into that, I wanted to do something different as well, which is therapy. Because obviously, when you get to know yourself and when you get to um, understand why you act the way you did in certain situations, you want to go into mental health and you want to know, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Why is this happening to me? Why am I reacting in this way? So, yeah, I started uh, reading about psychology, basically. And then my speciality is about sexual dysfunction. So I was like, psychosexual therapy, that seems interesting. Yeah, I can see then how it links together. Yeah. Okay. So give me a bit of your background when you were kind of growing up, obviously you went to study medicine. What were your career ambitions then? When I was growing up like a teenager? Yeah. It was actually really different. It wasn't being a doctor. It was like being a football player, you know, being a personal trainer, uh, being a model, I don't know, an actor, something like that. Okay. But then I just kind of focused on medicine because I was like, in medicine, if I work hard, I can get something out of the work but in other things I kind of need a bit of luck as well sure okay so I was like no I'd just rather like be in control and you know work as hard as I can and eventually I'd get the results I want okay yeah Yeah, so talk to me about the fitness side of things then so as you mentioned it's obviously been a passion of yours and now perhaps it's like an outlet from like a stressful job but how did you first get into fitness and calisthenics Okay, so yeah, um, when I was 14, I got into bodybuilding, basically, because I wanted to, like every guy, you know, just want to have uh, muscles. Yeah, I've heard to, this yeah. so many times now. <laughs> so you can like get girls and stuff. Yeah. That's basically why we all start. Mm-hmm. But then it became a passion. It was like, I have to work out now because I need the endorphins. I need the the confidence it gives me when I look at myself in the mirror, in the gym or after the gym. I'm like, you know what? You did that work. That gives me the 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 boost that I need yeah what is calisthenics for people that don't know calisthenics is basically bodyweight workouts yeah and it needs a lot of core strength a lot of grip strength you can do it anywhere which is the best thing about it so I started at home um after doing bodybuilding for like 14 years I was like if I stop going to the gym for two or three weeks I get weak and my muscles would um, get a bit smaller Mm. so then I was like looking into calisthenics and it looks really it looks cool if you know how to do some uh, some tricks and some uh, skills on the bar and then I started it and I, I realized I got stronger than I was lifting like 100 kilos in the bench press or 120 kilos and then yeah. I can yeah I think it's something people don't appreciate enough because I haven't really tried to push myself in that way and it's funny because like I can hip thrust a lot or squat a lot and then it's like oh I can't do one pull up or I can't do like <laughs> a handstand you know like yeah, but yeah. when I see people doing those things it's so impressive because I can't I can't do that so I'm just looking at them like wow like you must have a lot of strength yeah I mean it does have uh, it does need a lot of dedication because it takes uh, more time to have strength mm-hmm. more time to gain strength than to gain muscle from bodybuilding for example yeah yeah, yeah. 
But once you get the strength, it doesn't go away that easily. Okay. You know? So do you kind of balance both now in your training? Yes, I balance both. If I want to like be a bit buff, I just add more weight, more weightlifting. And if I want to um, still be strong, I just do the calisthenics, basically. Mm, okay. To like that 14-year-old you who wanted to, you know, grow some muscle to look better, to feel better, what would your advice be to that person who hasn't really started out yet, knowing what you know now? Um, just start. That's the hardest part. The hardest part is the beginning. Mm. Uh, sometimes you overthink it. Uh, you go to the gym and like, I'm out of shape. Everybody here is fit. And then you start taking things personally, even though you're at the gym. So that's like evidence that you're working on it. And even if it takes time and you don't see results, the benefit of the gym is more than just results at the gym. It's the benefit of putting a goal and sticking to it. So that really improves your 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 personal life. Mm. It improves your confidence and your self-worth. So mm. you see yourself better, actually. That's so true. I mean, obviously, it's easy to place a lot of emphasis on like how you look physically. Yeah. Because that is... I always say to people, like, wait till you start seeing results and it does it will become addictive because you're like oh like if I put the work in I get the results out of it but when you don't get the immediate results I think that's where people perhaps get a bit like disheartened and unmotivated but like you said there there are so many other benefits of training beyond how you look physically and I think as well like if you're young and you're starting out and you don't really know what you're doing like just ask people yeah, that's true. That's There's true. so many people in the gym who I know, like, if I went up to them and asked, like, can you show me how to do, like, good form on this? Or how does this machine work? Like, they would jump at the chance to help me, especially, like, the buff guys in there. They're like, yeah, they know what they're doing. Like, just yeah. ask. And everybody starts somewhere. So 100%. the buff guy started somewhere and he needed someone to ask. Mm -hmm. So everybody's always willing to help because we were there one day. Yeah. So I think I want to talk about, obviously, if you're a doctor and you're training and working out regularly and you've got the therapy thing on the side kind of the word that comes to my mind is balance like how have you found balance between your work I guess like your other profession and yeah being consistent with working out because it's hard it is hard but yeah I mean I usually put a schedule every week okay to kind of know what am I going to do is it calisthenics weightlifting, Muay Thai, because I need to always mix it up. If I'm just doing one thing, it gets boring and I'm, I'm not really enthusiastic about it. Um, and then I remind myself that, you know, I don't have a good body because I was born this way. Mm, genetically blessed. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, it plays a part, but yeah. it's just because I go to the gym every day. So if I don't do that, mm. then I'm not going to maintain what I already have. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like really important to just remind myself and kind of like be humble about it's the effort you put that makes you who you are. It's not like it isn't me. It's the effort I put. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I guess as well, like it is a bit of a outlet as we've already mentioned. And I think, you know, like when you've got a busy day at work, sometimes the last thing you want to do is like go and do a workout, but actually like that, aids you yeah. in so many ways like I've been trying recently to kind of get up and get my workout done first thing because then I just feel so much better prepared for the rest of the day whether it's like a draining shift I've got to do or like some uni work that's difficult like it just does help and I think people don't understand that until you've tried to like 
incorporate it into your lifestyle more. That's true, yeah. It gives you energy for other things. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it, it, I heard someone explain it as like, well, they were talking about running, but they said like it's the opposite of drugs in the sense that like in the moment you might feel rubbish, but afterwards yep. you get this high. Exactly. Whereas like drugs yes. is so the yes. other way around where like you get the high and then you get the come yeah. down. Yeah. And it's like you might be pushing yourself physically and it's hurting and you're out of breath and all of that stuff. But the endorphins you get after is... I yeah. think so addictive anyway. That's true. So yeah, after like a really hard day of work, I would not want to go to the gym and then first 15, 20 minutes would be really, really low. Mm. And then as soon as I get the pump, yeah, then that's it. I had that yesterday. <laughs> I finished because I waitress. So I'd done like a eight till four shift Saturday, super busy day in the restaurant. Yeah, of course. And when I came home, I fell asleep on the sofa and I had planned to go to the gym and I woke up at like 8 p.m. and I was like, right, dragged myself there. And then as soon as I got to the gym and I'd like started warming up, I was like, oh, I'm in this now. Like, I feel good now. But like, I didn't want to do it when I first like woke up. I was like, oh, I'm just going to get back to sleep. Yeah, and then you get the energy after you start. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So you're a psychosexual therapist. Yes. What is that? <laughs> so a psychosexual, uh, psychosexual therapist is basically a therapist that is focused on um sexuality sexual dysfunctions relationship difficulties and basically gets that part um fixed if there's a problem and of course we have to deal with the the other parts like anxiety depression mm-hmm. um yeah distress mm-hmm. stress yeah. so what is the most common reason that people come to a therapist like yourself do you think um so it depends because i can have individuals or couples okay for couples it would be lack of communication or good communication usually there's one partner who over invests and one partner who backs away or the opposite or both of them just don't communicate that well um and that can be pretty tricky and it's it's pretty common in men because men don't really open up Mm. And they feel that it makes them vulnerable. Mm. And vulnerability for a lot of people still means that they're weak. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Especially with something so intimate as sex. Of course, like yeah. it's, I, I'm guessing it's something people aren't really jumping at the chance to be open about and be vulnerable. Yeah, and you're not going to talk to anyone about sex, right? You're not going to mm. talk about your with your friend about what happened last night. mm or if you do, you're probably going to, if it didn't work out, you're going to say that it was really great. Like exaggerate. Yeah, exaggerate. <laughs> yeah. And then they believe you. And yeah. then the next time they have sex, they're like, oh, it was shit. My friend did this. And, you know. Yeah. You but know, I think that's such a big thing with this topic. And I've been trying to listen to a few podcasts and things with other sex therapists. It's like we all just have this assumption that everybody but us is like having the most incredible sex. Like... <laughs> And we're not, and there's something wrong with us or something wrong with our partner. But actually, everyone's got different struggles and issues and people are even going to therapy for it. Like, it's, you know, we just have this expectation, I think, because of like films and porn or whatever, that it's meant to be this amazing thing every time and you can't have an issue. Yeah. Um, and that is not what it is. That's not the reality. Yeah. yeah the, the reality of sex is like a last... An average from three to five minutes. Mm. 
if you tell someone that they're like oh, three to five minutes i last fucking sorry last, <laughs> it's okay yeah i last 20 minutes you know yeah i'm like okay i mean i know you watch a lot of porn because um i did the research about porn actually and okay we can talk about that yeah um so yeah porn is like very very common like about 85 percent of men watch it and about 70 percent of women mm. why it affects um the sexual life is because of how it's uh, the the false image that occurs like for men it's like sex is like mostly one-sided when you watch porn uh, you don't actually have um you don't think about the other side you don't think about the feelings involved it's just basically watching a video yeah and watching someone that enjoys fake sex and thinking that's real yeah so there was a study that was made that actually said that people who have problematic porn use, which actually um, they have an addiction to watching porn, they have violent sex more common than the normal people because that's what porn portrays. Mm. That's what they watch. And when you start out, it's like the dopamine levels start out pretty low. So you watch normal things and then it gets higher and higher. So I always have to go deeper and deeper until you, you go to the abnormal part. It's like drugs, right? Like you might like start drugs, off on yeah. like, you know, smoking and then it's weed and then it's like you can't get the same high. So then you look yeah. for like different stuff. Yes, but and actually you it's, can't go back to what you started out with. Yeah, but it's actually even stronger than nicotine because they did a study on the brain. They did a fMRI. Okay. And porn is similar to cocaine and gambling addiction. Really? It has the same threshold, yeah. The same dopamine are measured in those activities. Yeah, because yeah. I think I'm quite, I'd say I'm quite naive to like the <laughs> world of porn. I don't know how if I can explain it like that. Because I was talking to a, a guy recently and he went to a private boys boarding school. And we were talking about porn and he said, gosh, like when I was at school, like everyone was showing each other stuff, telling each other what sites to go to, like what was the best things to watch. I had none of that. I think me and my friends once looked at something and it was like, it felt so naughty and scandalous that we never did it again. Whereas like for teenage boys growing up, I didn't realise how much of like a part of their lives it was. Yeah, I mean... Maybe not for everybody. That might just be like that experience and that environment. But I think for guys and girls... it is it's kind different. of different. I mean, it's more problematic for guys because obviously guys are more visually stimulated. Right. Some girls are, but most men, like the in comparison, men are way more stimulated visually. Mm. And women are more stimulated by emotions or by words. What do you think is the, the biggest problem with porn? Is it that people are watching it and then they're getting unrealistic ideals of what sex should be like. Or um, do you think it's that people are watching it and then that is the stimulus they get used to? So that when they're then in a physical situation with somebody, it's not replicated. Does that make sense? It does. Uh, it's a good question because both actually. Okay. If you have a certain uh, a certain stimulus and a certain level that you, you have the dopamine uh, is released on, then normal sex might be a bit boring. Mm. And of course, I don't want to get too graphic right now, but um, like the certain uh, stimulus of 
like sensory stimulus like the one that if you're masturbating and you have a very tight grip then like you on well it's just you isn't it yeah, and you're in control you're in control that's not what happens in real sex so it's not as satisfying mm. which can cause a lot of things mm. and if you already have desire and then you watch porn and that desire is released mm. then you won't actually be going and talking to girls in a in a flirting way or in a sexual way because you already got that from yourself <laughs> this is so awful but i remember hearing it was james smith who's like a fitness guy on a podcast and he was talking about relationships and he was like if he's going on a date with someone he just masturbates before and if he still wants to go on the day afterwards then he knows that he's interested because <laughs> it's this idea of i guess you get that like release yeah that sexual release and then it's like oh actually i'm not interested in that girl but like if you if you then put that out to like um i guess a more like pathological level i can see how then you wouldn't try and pursue relationships because you're getting that quick fix from porn right yeah it's like you're distracting yourself. So you're getting a temporary relief. Mm-hmm. But in long term, you're more lonely because you're basically sitting at home and on a screen the whole day and you don't have someone to mm. talk to. And it's like a vicious, it's a vicious circle because what makes someone watch porn is one of a few reasons. Either they're lonely, they're bored as a form of stress relief, or they're just used to doing it, you know? Yeah. And what do you think about the impact on younger people? I mean, obviously now every teenager's got access to the internet. Yeah. Whereas a few years ago, it was like magazines and things. Like, Yeah, so it's, it's really easy to, to just open your phone and, you know. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Something comes up, like a clickbait, and yeah. then that brings porn, and there's now like OnlyFans and... It's everywhere right now. So I think it just makes... Like, if you see too much of something, it's not really interesting that more. So I think it's going to mess up relationships in the future. Yeah. And, of course, the sexual part as well, if you're already seeing it everywhere, it's not going to be as exciting as it was before. Yeah. And it's it's less like... With it being so readily available, it doesn't feel like an exclusive thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, the intrigue and the excitement's kind of gone because you've seen everything. Yeah, that's and like you've true. seen stuff that you probably wouldn't even see if you were then in a sexual relationship with somebody. Yeah. Just moving away from that side, I've said what's the most common reason people come, but what do you think most people struggle with? 
Or what do you think most couples struggle with when it comes to sex? I think for men, the most common complicate, uh, the most common issue is not being able to talk about how you felt yeah. during sex or after sex. Mm-hmm. Usually, if they feel bad, they won't say it. Mm. Um, and the thing is, if they had one-time bad sex and then they don't talk about it, the guy would be like, oh, I did bad. It wasn't good. Mm. I'm not a man. And then it's going to affect himself, affect his self-esteem, and it might turn into a long-term problem. In reality, if he just says, how was it, and they talk about it, and he gets support from his partner, then it turns out to be all right, and they can yeah. actually fix that. So I think the the main part is the communication that is, is kind Lack of hard. Lack of communication. Yeah. And what about women? What do you think most women struggle with? Um, not focusing on themselves. Mm. maybe trying to please their partner mm. doing something they don't like and also not communicating saying i like this when she doesn't like it or faking some st- uh, like faking an orgasm yeah. i think that's interesting and it 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 is a big issue because even if we take it back to school when we had like sex education the only narrative we were really taught is like Make sure you use protection so you don't get STIs, so you don't get pregnant because a guy will ejaculate in you. There was no talk of like how it can be fun and pleasurable and ex- like exciting, especially for like women, because we do have like different parts that yeah. work differently. And so that's kind of just been left out of the conversation. And so I can understand why women then just think the whole idea is to like please their partner. And then if for whatever reason, the guy doesn't feel like he can perform for want of a better word, then you just end up with this really awkward situation. Yeah, that's true. So the thing is sex, it's about two people. It's not about one person. Yeah. So if you're trying to please her and she's trying to please you, then you're not actually focusing on the whole point, which is Mm. pleasing yourself. Mm -hmm. If you don't have fun, then it's not fun. It's not like a job that you have to do to make her happy or a job, make him happy yeah it's a two two person thing so both of you have fun and both of you communicate to each other openly mm-hmm. and that's a that's a healthy sexual relationship isn't yeah. It? yeah I mean you may have just answered my question but one thing I wanted to say is what do you think men and women misunderstand about each other and obviously I'm talking about heterosexual relationships because I think statistically I know that lesbians have way more orgasms because yeah, they know they understand what, each other they right? kind of they understand each other better and they're probably better at communicating as well but when it comes to men and women what do you think they misunderstand about each other when it comes to sex i think they misunderstand each other because they have different body parts they mm. have different feelings different emotions and they just don't understand the other person and like i said they just don't talk about it like you're not going to know unless you talk about it if mm. i ask her are you enjoying this? Did you not like this? Then I'm going to know if you don't, because every every person is different as well. Yeah, exactly. Like if I have a relationship with one girl and then another girl after, she's not going to like the same things. Mm. So you have to be able and have the courage to tell her you like this. You know, you don't have to be, for a, for a man, you don't have to be, I know everything and every girl likes this and I've mm. done this before. So, you know have that big ego that most yeah. men have. Because you just end up with this situation where the guy goes into it 
<clears throat> thinking he knows what he's doing and he knows how to press all the right buttons. And then the girl doesn't say whether she's enjoying it or not. And so she's might then end up faking something. And so then both people walk away. He thinks he's done a great job and she wasn't pleasured. Yeah. So then yeah, they both just him. lied to each other. <laughs> she gave him the satisfaction though. Yeah. So then yeah. he goes to the next girl and does the same thing yeah, and the cycle yeah. repeats itself. So I think it's difficult. I think as well something that I've kind of concluded just from having conversations with friends and personal experiences is like often I think the woman wants the guy to kind of come in and take control and please her. But then the guy doesn't know how to. Yeah, I agree. I mean, for most men, actually giving pleasure to a girl would make them happy. Mm. But they're just afraid to to ask or afraid to to take action, basically. But that is a big part because obviously for men, it's it's easy it's easy to to get an orgasm mm. but for women it takes longer mm. and it takes a bit more effort but if you just focus on on the orgasm then you're not going to do it but if you yeah. know the, if you know the buttons where to press you know if you know what she likes um even it doesn't have to be something sexual like um it can be something intellectual it can be a touch a certain temperature mm. a certain song a certain smell there's a lot of different ways to, and a lot of um, other areas to explore. Yeah. Because I, <laughs> I often think, like, I think about this one scene in Bridgerton. Have you ever watched it on Netflix? In the first series, it's like this couple and they've, like, just started having sex with each other. And there's this scene where they have sex outside in, like, a thunderstorm and they lay on, like, concrete steps. And I just think, if that was me, I would not be enjoying that. I'd be like, my back is, like, lay on some, like, concrete stairs right now. Like, I'm not comfy. But it kind of gives this illusion that, like, sex is, like, so always going to be passionate and amazing, like, regardless of where you are. But I think for women in particular, being, like, comfortable and feeling safe and happy in that environment is so key. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. it's like stuff like that even sets unrealistic expectations. So it in like your line of work then, if you have a couple that come to you and they're struggling, they've like lost the spark, like they're not really communicating, what is kind of your step-by-step -step approach? So that does happen often, um, um, especially in relationships that are like 20, 30 years. mm but there's a few ways. And the first thing is to know why the spark was lost. Like, was it a fight? Was it um, miscommunication in something? Is it the way someone acts? Was it infidelity? There's a lot of different reasons. And usually what I'd like to do is bring back the spark by understanding how the relationship started in the beginning and then trying to put that kind of zone that they were in in the beginning of the relationship back and then, of course, we we try to explore different ways of pleasure, different ways of having fun together and bonding activities and different ways of appreciating each other. Mm. And then usually that that helps. Interesting. So it's not necessarily about like putting the main focus on what happens in the bedroom. It's like... Yeah, no, it's, it's all about yeah. the whole relationship. Yeah. 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 And um, what about in terms of libido like do you think if a couple have very different sex drives that that's something that can be fixed or do you think 
it just isn't going to work? Um, it can be fixed, but of course there are different um, aspects. Like mm. some people might be asexual, which they just don't enjoy sex at all. So what we try to do is understand the libido, where it mm. comes from. Has it been decreased, increased, what happened? And if someone has high sex drive and the other has low sex drive, we kind of meet in the middle. Mm. And basically what we try to do is make them understand what is happening and why it's happening. And then for them to meet in the middle would be the best option, I think. Yeah, because I also heard someone speak about this and they were saying how some people have spontaneous desire and other people have responsive. And that was something that I'd not really thought about is the idea of like, I always assume that most guys are just like spontaneous and always like up for it, you know? Whereas actually they might be more responsive to um, physical touch and things like that. And so I think it's something to be mindful of is you might not always just be like ready and raring to go. But like if you even just like having a hug or like, you know, just being intimate with each other, that could always lead to something else. If that makes sense. It does. It does. Yeah. Um, so like you said, intimacy is is the most important thing. Mm. So if you feel intimacy with someone, then it's going to be more fun because if you have like one night stands with like 50, 50 girls in 50 days yeah, and you have one intimate night with one girl that you have a relationship with, the level of satisfaction you get from the intimate relationship is usually way more than all of the 50 combined. Interesting, yeah. yeah. I want to know your take as from a guy's perspective as well because I heard this um, guy say recently that women and men have different um, like physiological responses to sex and that often women release more, I, I might be getting this wrong, but like release more dopamine. And so like if they have sex with a guy that they like, they normally feel closer to him like they've almost like bonded with him yeah. whereas I it seems to me that guys can just use sex as like a physical thing and don't necessarily get their emotions involved is that yeah. true uh, it's it not depend? true so, <laughs> no uh, it's not true the the bonding hormone oxytocin yes um is released during uh, sex yeah and during orgasms but the thing is I think why emotions can be detached from sex is usually from past trauma experiences mm. and then it's something that you're avoiding you don't want to deal with so you have sex and you get that kind of temporary relief so if you're not if if you if you had like trauma in your relationship in the past and then now you don't want to be in any relationships you're mm -hmm. not going to face that mm. i'm going to kind of mask my my loneliness and mask my lack of um like someone to, to be around and that like someone to care for me by having sex with someone that I'm not going to see again. Okay, yeah. So I feel good the next day, but I still just, it's like you put a plaster on top of a hole, basically. Yeah. The hole is still there, but you did put a plaster yeah. on it. Yeah. And I can see how then if the person you're describing was to have sex with a girl who might like to pursue something with him, how that just won't work out because they might have like a great night together yeah. and she thinks, oh, I really like him and we had a good time, but he's kind of emotionally shut off from trying to pursue anything with anyone at that point. 
Yeah, it happens a lot. Um, and it's basically due to the fact that we talked about before that it's just very hard for men to open up and to actually acknowledge acknowledge their feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know your feelings, you're not going to know how to deal with it. Yeah. Do you find in your work as well then that people might come to you and say one issue, but actually yeah, there's course. a lot of deeper emotional trauma that you kind of have to work through? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. yeah. How do you go about that? Like, is it something that normally comes out after one or two conversations or are people quite willing to open up when they come and speak to you? Um, depends on the person, but of course I have to build rapport in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But usually, you no, know, like most people don't say the issue right away. Like they would tell me something else and then I'd have to kind of pick out, you know what, I think the issue is actually something else. Mm-hmm. Like if someone comes to me with uh, premature ejaculation, is very common mm. there's something else that's happening and usually something that causes anxiety and then the anxiety opens up the sympathetic nerve fibers which is like the fighter flighter fight or fight response yeah yeah you know, it's like you have adrenaline fight or fight and you basically ejaculate yeah. is that the same with <laughs> not like being able to get an erection because i think yeah we're going into all the details here but I know from conversations with friends that it can make women feel a bit insecure like the guy they're with doesn't fancy them and doesn't want to be with them oh yeah yeah that happens um quite often but sometimes the guy had a past experience that just wasn't good or he had uh, he ejaculated pretty quickly Mm. and then that makes him anxious Mm. and like I said the anxiety uh releases the the nerve fibers from the sympathetic nerve fibers which is the opposite of getting an erection. Yeah. Okay, so if you're if you're feeling anxious or nervous in your head, then that yeah, can it's going to be really hard to get system. an erection, of course. Yeah, which is something like I feel like girls don't know. Yeah, so that's why communication is really important. Yeah. So if she comforts him, and then he he's more relaxed, mm. he's not thinking about you know is it going to go up or or not. Yeah. Then. It's gonna be a good, a good um, encounter. Like he's gonna have fun, she's gonna have fun. Yeah. But if he can't get relaxed, then it's just not gonna work out. Yeah. And sometimes, us men, we need um, support from the from the women, but we're not mm. gonna say it because, of course, of our ego. Mm. But yeah, that's that's something I actually work on, of course. Yeah. yeah. So if you could broadcast. <laughs> not that you would ever do this but like a message to the whole population and like help people have better sex what would it, your main message be communication communication is the most important thing mm. and knowing what you want basically just you know, like having sex for for fun then you know you're having it for fun and kind of to be honest to your partner so you don't have you don't have feelings or guilt afterwards as well okay Perfect. So just to round this up, I ask everybody the same question. So this is the Personal Best podcast, trying to help people become better versions of themselves. If you had to give one piece of advice or a quote or a mantra to help people achieve their personal best, what would it be? I never really thought about that. I mean, what helped me was to know my purpose, my Mm -hmm. purpose in life. Um, What message do I want to give out? And basically just work around that. Yeah. 
as something I've explored recently because I think we always have this idea that like we need to find ourselves and that we might go on like a solo backpacking trip and then we'll kind of arrive at some destination when we realize what our purpose is but actually you have to create the person that you want to be and that can be tricky but I think setting out some values and principles that you want to live by and trying to stick to them is a really good place to start so like do you want to be a good friend do you want to be someone who's hard working do you want to be someone who's takes care of their body and is in good physical shape if you decide you want to be that person then that can kind of help you take actions towards where you want to be which I think is something that you're obviously doing with fitness and therapy and work and kind of building that person that you want to be yeah so what I did like a few years ago was I wanted to write stuff about myself really hard I couldn't write anything about myself Mm. but then I tried to write 10 things and then it was like basically who do you want to be and then I wrote down 10 things and that's basically what I've been doing ever since so if you don't know who you want to be you're not going to be him yeah Yeah. but you almost have to think about the person that you do and then work towards that of course yeah like almost if you have to lie to yourself a little bit I think like I am someone that goes to the gym four times a week that's the person you want to be then you then have to commit to that you You can't just think you want to be that person and then just sit not go (laughs) yeah of course course. amazing so where can people go if they want to find you or inquire about therapy or anything um so i'm on 07 therapy online and i'm gonna be working uh, in london i'm gonna Mm -hmm. be based here in a few places soon so for right now it's just my instagram basically and just drop me a message and i'll let you know okay i will link it in the show notes below thank you so much thank you Once again, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation with Ibrahim. If you did, please don't forget to follow this podcast and leave us a review if you would like. Anyway, I will see you next week for another exciting episode. Bye for now. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 